What is up my tenacious travelers, it's Chris with Tabletops and Tentacles, and this is Die Alone, a solo RPG podcast. Before we dive into the episode this week and talk about Through Hiker, I have a little bit of reminders and news. First of all, if you haven't joined our Die Alone solo RPG podcast group on Facebook, you're welcome to hop over there. We're talking about the podcast, about games that we've played, a little bit of everything. We've only got about 20 members right now, but we're we're growing slowly, and I appreciate anybody that checks it out. You can find that at facebook.com slash groups slash alonepod. Uh, you can also follow us on Patreon, and a big thank you and welcome to everyone that has joined us on Patreon in the last couple of weeks. I really appreciate it. Your contributions help me make this podcast, as well as our magazine, Tabletops and Tentacles, and just sort of survive in general. <laughs> uh, so, in addition to playing through Hiker this week, I also played Crimes in History, H.H. Holmes's Murder Castle. And this is a board game by uh, Blueprint Gaming Concepts, designed by Brant Hoffman and Seth Cooper, with art by Holly Carden. And I was quite excited about this game. They actually sent this to me for review for the magazine, and luckily it has a solo mode as well. Uh, it actually can play up to seven players, and it has a, a second story expansion for that many players. And I'm looking forward to getting that many people to the table to play this at some point, because I think it would be a radically different play experience than the solo version of this. In Crimes in History, you are collecting evidence through a chaotic, mad castle created by H.H. Holmes, who was a pretty infamous murderer. <laughs> and this has a very tongue-in-cheek feel to it. The, the rooms are all modular, and you lay them out based off of the original blueprint layout, but it goes all over the place. It gets a little Winchester Mansion-y as far as everything is concerned. There's greased chutes and trapdoors, and there's all sorts of different event cards. And the first person to complete their evidence board and get back out of the murder castle wins. And so it's a little bit of a race thing. There's a touch of take that in the competitive version. But for the solo version, it's quite a bit more puzzly. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't necessarily have picked this up just for the solo version, but it is a really interesting experience because you're still building the castle with your modular blocks, and as you lay each one down, there's a safe in each room that has a certain amount of evidence in it, and then evidence comes in different colors representing different things like uh, skeleton salt to science and different things proving that H.H. Holmes is killing people in his murder castle. And as you play, you explore the castle with a couple of different moves you can do. You can explore, you can move, you can gather evidence, you can move Holmes, and he is a physical presence wandering through the murder castle, both just kind of aimlessly wandering killing people, inevitably, and kind of watching you as you gather evidence against him. And if he happens to walk through a room you're in, or come to a room that you're in, you lose a piece of your evidence, and or a couple pieces, and you get tagged with a, basically a life chart. And once you get hit a certain number of times, Holmes has discovered you, and you're probably moldering in a basement somewhere. I enjoyed this. It was kind of fun. So the solo version of it has like an AI deck that you use. And as you turn cards over, it says where Holmes is going to go to. And then it has a secondary AI deck that 
sort of adds an extra element to that beyond that. So like he'll destroy evidence or do something in that room to add a little bit more involvement to it than just him moving around, which I think was a really good touch as far as that's concerned. And as you play the game, because you're the only person there, the house doesn't get revealed by other players. It's just what you expose. And the limitation of what you can do during the game, you can only take a couple of turns per round before Holmes moves, really makes you think about, hey, do I want to explore this room? Do I want to go into a room where there's actually evidence I can pick up? Or do I want to limit the amount of rooms I expose so that I can better control where Holmes can go? And that was a kind of a fun balance as I played the game. It I, like normally this kind of game, I would just run out and try and expose as many rooms as I can because I love that aspect of it. And it's especially fun in this because Holly Carden's art is phenomenal. She's a really talented artist. I actually have a poster of a Edgar Allan Poe cutaway house that she did hanging up in my living room. And everything she does is kind of morbid. It's got a little bit of a Edward Gorey tongue-in-cheek atmosphere to it. Her art style is very reminiscent of Rick Geary, who uses a lot of kind kind of cartoony but detailed line art and minimal shading as far as the actual ink is concerned and it works really nicely for this game. For the solo version of this I do think that it works pretty nicely. It's sort of a puzzly clue type thing where you're exploring the castle finding evidence you lose some of it and you kind of have to plan ahead on that um, they have like the world's fair ferris wheel that collects the upcoming evidence so you can kind of see what evidence is coming up in the castle as you explore so that you know oh there's some false evidence coming out that i can't even pick up so i need to make sure i open up enough rooms to get the evidence i need to convict him without making the the house so gigantic that I have no way of avoiding him if he comes rampaging through the house. And so it does have some nice little tactics to it as far as that's concerned. It's really cool looking. I do think it excels at a multiplayer level. Played it with three people so far and I would say that it's a little bit more of a fun game then. It's got a little more of the crowd involvement and being able to talk about what's happening and laugh at the both the scenes that are being revealed and what's happening as Holmes is rampaging through the castle is definitely more fun, but it is a really solid solo version as well, and I'm really glad it's in there. Um, honestly, my only real complaint is that the AI cards that they have are like these weird... They're not quite mini cards, but they're also not exactly tokens, and they're... They're just stiff enough and small enough that I have a hard time picking them up with my giant hands. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it. Uh, that was called Crimes in History, H.H. Holmes's Murder Castle. And it just came out. Uh, they kickstarted it last year. And I think it's a great addition, especially if you're a true crime fan or have any interest in that era of things. I do. I love that era, both the, the World's Fair and the H.H. Holmes stuff and his castle itself is really interesting. If you're interested in that type of stuff, definitely check it out. And Holly Carton's art is phenomenal. She's done a kind of cutaway version of the castle as well. And the Poe one is amazing. It has 
like 70 little notes of different Poe things happening in this one massive gothic mansion. It's really neat. Uh, so anyway, um, I'll leave a link to the game where you can find it in the description if you want to check out Crimes and History, The Murder Castle. So this week I played Through Hiker from Daniel Perez of High Moon Press. And this was a really different choice for this. Um, so far I have played a game about being a long-haul trucker in the 80s with some sort of awful threat that has removed all other humans from the face of the planet and sort of this overarching villain thing following you. I've played The Wretched, which has been a alien stuck in a ship trying to survive. You're the last survivor of this ship. And then this is a very different way to go with this. And that's one of the things, like I've said before, that I love about solo RPGs so much is it there is much a relaxation and journaling and self-discovery tool as they are a game tool. There are a lot of different ways and directions they can go with the game that I think lends themselves to whatever mood you're in and I'm really genuinely excited about diving into more of these and getting this kind of repertoire of games out that by the time I'm done going through the ones I have, I'll be like, okay, I'm in the mood for a monster movie type adventure, so I'll play this game. Or I'm in the mood for something a little more grounded and realistic, I'll play Through Hiker. And I love that part of it, but the flexibility that Daniel imparted into Through Hiker is really neat too. So I played this game three times, um, and I did them each just in an evening. I sat down and played it, and I actually do think that Through Hiker would be one of those that benefits from playing it every night or so, or every couple of nights, just playing through like a week in game time, or even just a night or two game time on it, and just as sort of like a a journaling exercise each evening, but my week's been kind of weird this week and my allergies have been killing me and so there's only been so much time I've had to sit and play. So I wanted to give this as much of a run through as I could, so I played a little longer session for each one. But I really enjoyed Through Hiker. So Through Hiker is a journaling game of telling stories of long distance hiking. You use a writing instrument of choice, a pack of playing cards, and a series of writing prompts to create stories of the joys and challenges of being on the trail for days, weeks, or months at a time. So this is a really interesting game, and I do think that it's one that absolutely benefits if you have some background in long distance hiking, even just some working knowledge of what it is, some of the terminology and how how grueling it can actually be for what it is. Um, I have a couple of friends that walked the AT in the Pacific Trail and uh, we, uh, we used to live just outside of Bangor so we went to the trailhead in Maine a few times primarily because they have a annual event called the Swap Meet that's a barbecue swap meet meat spelled m-e-a-t and i'm a big barbecue fan but uh like we couldn't go there and not at least like wander on the at a little bit the appalachian trail it's a very different world like a lot of these things that become hobbies that become lifestyles they have a lot of slang and terminology and sort of 
ways of doing things that Daniel clearly knows really well, and it comes through in this game. And if you are a hiker in particular, I think you'll really appreciate a lot of what he has here as far as like the trail magic and your name and that kind of thing. And he does a good job of explaining it to somebody that is unfamiliar with a lot of that in a way that doesn't make it feel foreign. I've played a lot of other things or read books that sort of presuppose a certain amount of knowledge about a subject matter that can leave you feeling a little bit lost, and I don't feel like Through Hiker does that. And, I mean, yeah, most people probably have a working basics idea of what it's like to hike. You know how to hike, right? But there's a lot that goes into these these type of long-distance hikes that I find fascinating. I'm not healthy enough to do any of this kind of stuff. I'm a fat old guy. But <laughs> I love the concept of it. I've read a couple of books. Um, Bill Bryson's A Hike in the Woods or Walk in the Woods is probably the most well-known of the travel books about taking these kind of hikes. But there's... There's a level of nerdity to it that I love where they obsess over how much, how many like half ounces things weigh and what the best material is for durability and packability and what you can bring with you and what you can't bring with you because when you've been walking for four days or a week and a half, ounces make a difference. And at the same time, you don't want to leave something home because it weighs a half ounce that you end up needing down the trail. So it is an interesting balancing act, and particularly when you're talking about being on something for a month, walking through states, through the woods, and there's these cool... So I'm not real familiar with a lot of the other longer distance trails, but I assume that they're fairly similar. But the AT has sort of campsites set up every 10 miles or so that are just basically lean-tos that you climb into and throw a tent down or cook a little bit of food or rehydrate a little bit of food. And then along the trail, there are also sort of just different trailheads that are basically small towns in most cases that sort of sprung up to service the hikers and that kind of thing. Like, the the one in Maine is very small. It's charmingly, like, remote, and there's maybe four restaurants and a couple of grocery stores and a bunch of, like, hostel-style uh, B&Bs that you can stop in if you're a camper and sleep relatively cheaply and take a shower and wash your clothes and that kind of thing. And... If you drive there for a barbecue thing, it all feels very quaint and weird and sort of sort of low rent compared to what you would expect. But when you've been walking for a week and a half, that is the best place in the world when you get there. <laughs> and I think having some background in that, even just like a functional knowledge like I do without having much of an experience outside of hiking a few days does improve your experience with Thru-Hiker. But, even if you don't have a working knowledge of that, the way it's laid out definitely works just as a, an introspective journaling out-in-nature type standpoint. So, in this, um, you basically... 
you play with a deck of cards and each of the different suits represents different things. One of them represents the hiker itself and their resources. So your resources represent your gear, your provisions, and your will. So that's not just what you have with you, it's what food and water you have, and just your ability to continue pushing on. There's apparently drag racing outside my door today. Uh, <laughs> And then the other three suits represent Endurance, Trail, and Weber. And as you're going through, you are pulling cards off based off of how you've laid out your hike. And it has a different mechanic for being able to do shorter, kind of like day hike type things, or month-long hikes if you want to, where you're laying down an entire week's worth of events and playing through them as you go. There are zero days, which is... The only place I was a little fuzzy on how the rules worked on where to put the zero days in when I was doing a longer hike. But those represent days where either just didn't get anything done or you were doing your laundry in town or just didn't feel like walking very far that day kind of thing. And sometimes those are the best days, but other times they can really sap your will. Uh, but it's kind of neat. The, the Oracle stays pretty vague as you're playing it. So there are references to talk about things. There are special events or prompts where you can talk about in your journal what you did that day and start telling a story of your experience on the trail. And one of the things I found really interesting about this, um, both of the other ones I recorded my experience on a voice track and I plan to do the same on this because I'm going to eventually get those edited and posted as like bonus episodes to listen to but I found the first time I played this through and I was recording it it didn't ring as true to me as writing it down in a journal so I actually ditched that entirely pulled out my old Moleskine notebook and wrote down my journal each night with the the through hiker game because it just felt more like something somebody would do if they're walking for months on the trail and i do think that that it's funny like these creators of these solo rpgs are brilliant like they really do have a talent for figuring out which mechanics work for theirs and which ones don't. Like, had this had the Jenga tower in it, it would have felt really out of place. If it had told you to record a video of yourself, it would have felt out of place. But the idea of sitting down after a day of hiking and writing down in a little notebook what you did and what you experienced perfectly fits the atmosphere, it fits the tone of this, and it's really nice. For this game, I used my North American Cryptids card deck from Matt Guyver, and that was a great choice for it, too, because that's a deck of, like, really fun cards of the different uh, North American Cryptids, like Sasquatch and the Jersey Devil and everything, and having a themed deck of cards as my Oracle worked really fun, too. So I played three different games of Through Hiker, and each one I played kind of a different experience. I did one that was a shorter hike, I did a longer hike, and then I did, just for fun, I did a 
a me version of it. And all of them worked really well with the system. And I love that aspect of it, especially. Uh, the day hike went pretty quick. It was... It was a little lighter. I didn't get as much introspective stuff. I just kind of had fun with it. It was definitely, hey, I'm going to go out for a day hike and experience some fun stuff. And it's cool the way that's laid out because your management of resources is different. And the way you play the game in general, even though the technique is the same, it plays very different from the longer hikes. And it was pretty light. I had a good time with it. Then I did my long hike and that one got, I, I intentionally let that one get a little more emotional as far as what I was writing down. I created a backstory for my hiker and why they were making the hike in the first place, where, where they wanted to go, what they wanted to get out of it. And it provided that. It didn't take a lot of creativity on my end to take the oracle prompts and focus them on my character's backstory and what they were going through and i really appreciate that type of thing and then for the third one i i was playing with cryptid cards so why not i decided to kind of go a little horror aspect with it and have it being a person hiking in the woods with a cryptid of some sort lurking in the woods add a little bit of a horror element to it and it worked for that as well which i was really impressed uh so i had a really good time playing through hiker it's very different um the the book itself i i only have the digital copy but there are physical copies available for it as well it's 32 pages it's full color it includes a lot of photography of different hiking locations and a couple of really nice uh diagrams for how to like resolve uh resource tests and that kind of thing as you're playing the game which i really appreciated because sometimes that type of description in these are a little fuzzy and it's harder to understand what they're talking about. But I, I enjoyed it. it. It has a journal aspect of it where it's got a hiker talking about their experience on it. And I found the font that they used for that really hard to read, but it was fun having that in there because it added, both it added atmosphere but it also added sort of a hey this is how you can do this if you're wondering what a play example looks like here you go which was really cleverly done as far as that's concerned so i really enjoyed this um it also has some like inspiration for like movies and documentaries and books and youtube channels if you want to check out that kind of thing um i noticed that t two of the youtube channels on are two guys that i actually follow just purely because i think they're kind of their characters and their talk about gear and that kind of thing is really interesting to me. Uh, it's I'm kind of a kind of a weird person to be examining this because I grew up in Idaho. I used to do a lot of day hikes when I was younger, and I'm really into camping, but I'm not much of a long distance hiker. And so this was sort of this was sort of fun for me. It was it kind of filled that niche to a certain point, despite the fact that I was sitting in a chair in my studio playing. So I, I think Daniel did a great job with this little RPG and you should definitely check it out. Um, I'll include links in the description on where you can go to find it, but you can go to danielhighmoon.com to find copies of it there. It's on his Gumroad 
Uh, it's on his Gumroad page as well, and you can get it in the print or PDF. And I recommend checking it out, especially if you're looking for something that's a little more grounded in terms of theme for a solo journaling RPG. So speaking of grounded, our next RPG we're playing is Delve from Anna Blackwell. Quite excited about this. This is a solo map drawing game, and it's actually got a whole series of them based around it now, but this is sort of the original version of it. And in it, you take, you're essentially controlling a dwarven stronghold from its first dig into deeper into the mountain. So you are going deeper into the mountain, you're hitting lava, you're hitting obstacles, you're creating different holds that your dwarves live in and different monstrosities and things. And I'm really excited about giving this a try. I've never played it. I've just sort of flipped through my copy of it, but I'm really intrigued to see how this plays. Uh, you're actually doing a sketch of the hold as you play on graph paper. And I will include links to the game itself where you can pick it up in both physical and digital and a good place for downloading and printing your own uh, gridded maps as well if you'd like. So I'm excited about playing that next week here on Die Alone. That is Delve, a solo map drawing game from Anna Blackwell. And in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Die Alone. As you can see, I am still working on the audio system here. Um, everything's been moved out to my studio where I used to just do my artwork and it's a modified shed in the middle of our backyard and so sometimes there's a little bit of road noise and stuff because we are we're like just off the street here in Idaho. There's dogs. There's a lot of birds right now because it's that time of year but I, I'm trying to get it as dialed in audio wise as I can give you guys a good experience if there's anything you think I could improve on let me know I'd love to make this a good podcast for people to enjoy it's very different for me to be sitting here podcasting all by myself and not having co-hosts to talk with but I'm enjoying this a lot and I have so far been getting some great feedback from people that have listened to it um, as always, like I said before, if you'd like to support the channel, you can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash deeplydapper. And by subscribing there, you help support this channel, you help support the podcast, and you get a copy of our magazine, Tabletops and Tentacles, when it comes out in both digital form and print-on-demand code through DriveThruRPG. And Tabletops and Tentacles is a quarterly geek magazine where we do reviews and artist interviews and creator profiles, as well as... As RPG content like each issue is going to start having a character from three dice six in it and uh, just to I try to make it as fun as I can and cover as many different fields as I can again thank you so much for listening and remember we all die alone